This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Ah, episode 75, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. And, uh, well, football season is a little over a week away. We'll talk about that. This first segment brought to you by our friends at the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. You can train there, you can play there, and you can give there. Get more info at theedge360.net. Yeah, you know, I'm stuck in the studios in Easton, Mike Bradley, on, uh, where are you? West Palm Beach. Yeah, tough life you got. It's a <laughs> tough life, I tell you. And this week vacation, next week vacation with the White Marlin Open. Uh, let's get right to it. Our first guest uh, is also out of the area, and uh, Brian Sovanowski with us. And I think he's in the airport in Denver. Hey, Coach. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? It, it's really early there. Yeah, it's, it's uh, what it is. 7:53, but I wake I woke up a lot earlier not to get here. So yeah, only to find out that your flight is delayed. You gotta love that. Yeah, I expected uh, it. It's just pretty typical nowadays, I guess. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you, uh, before we get to talking football with you, you have uh, you've had quite the off season, Coach. Yeah, we did. We actually did. Yeah, Mike and I were talking on a previous podcast. And, you know, I guess our wedding invite got got lost in the mail, so we didn't show up. So. You mean you guys didn't get that? No, uh, we I, didn't. Hey, no, you guys were on the no. list. I'm sorry. You know, I, I thought you guys definitely got one. And you know, the funny thing is, we said on the air that you were going to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> My, my guess is that the problem is, see, I probably would have been a, able to come, but we're, we're, I guess, a joint package here. And, and Shannon was probably like, uh, not Mark. No. So, uh, you know, that that I'm guilty by association. So, No comment. No comment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, uh, you'll be flying back today. The uh, football season, the official season, starts on the 9th of August. But uh, this was new this year that the states let the schools – um, for all sports, not just football, but all sports, uh, do a camp for a maximum of two weeks where you got to coach your kids. Uh, did Ken Island High School's football team take advantage of that uh, opportunity? Yeah, we sure did. I mean, well, there's there's no way you can if you want to stay competitive with everybody. But out of the 12 days, we took advantage of 10 of them. Uh, we did six of them immediately the week uh, the first week of June and the second week of June. I, I didn't want to crush the guys' summer with tons of camp, you know. So we did it at the very end of school. And then we did a couple sporadic days throughout the summer, like one day here. And we basically did it every other Wednesday. Um, and I I did not want to burn the guys out because they're already lifting as it is. Right. So then you throw in the camp, and then you throw in 707. And, and you know, uh, you you got to make sure the boys still love the game, and you're not going to make this a burden to them. So we we did the beginning of the, at the end of the school year, at the beginning of the summer, and then sporadically throughout. But I think it really went well. I mean, it's one of those things that you know you can never get 12 days like that in the regular season. So you know you're already prepped up and running by the time August 9th comes around. By now, 
Yeah, and I think, Coach, we had talked about last week, Mark and I, about the, the different philosophies, how teams uh, are going to approach the, the camp. Some are going to do it right up next to the beginning of camp, the official start, uh, so everything's fresh in people's minds. But your philosophy of not trying to burn the kids out but doing something once a week. So you have a consistent pattern, though, where once a week uh, things are going on. So it just uh, depends. Every team is going to be different with that. So it's uh, interesting to hear you know, your take as compared to some of the other programs. Yeah, I mean, look, every, every every program is different. Every coach has a different philosophy. And, and uh, like at the end of our season last year, uh, we gave them the entire month of December, and, well, at least some of the month of December and January off. And, and I, like, I know a lot of people started lifting the first week of January, but, you know, I, I just thought the guys needed some time to themselves and take a little bit of a break. And, and quite honestly, I, I think I needed a little time. So, well, you know, it's every, everybody has their own philosophy about things like that. So, and it's not right or wrong. It's just a different perception on things. Well, your season went longer than most, though, Coach. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it not went, a bad thing. Yeah, it, it <laughs> went no, a little yeah, later. You strive for it, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. which leads me to this. So. Entering August 9th, obviously you have to go back over some of the stuff that you put in. But at the same point, how much further along do you think you are this year compared to previous years with an install of an offense and a defense? Well, I, wow. I mean, there's no comparison, right? I mean, our entire run game is installed with the exception of a few little wrinkles. And uh, we last practice, we installed our play action set and, and our spread's already in with seven oh seven. So I mean, we're well above the game. It honestly and defensively, I because we returned six starters. I mean, they're they're they were rolling anyway. So I mean, we're we are in a great place right now. So we're good to go right now. Well, and coach, to that end, so how many days of practice do you think? I mean, I understand you can count them technically 10 that you've had here before camp starts, but in terms of being ahead of the game, you know, how many practice days do you think once summer camp started have you then saved by having this off-season, uh, off-season, uh, OTA, if you will? I, I'd make maybe two weeks because we're, you know, the first couple of days are those indoctrination days of, heat acclimatization and getting the guys used to what you expect out of practice. And then you start installing things and then you start running, ramping things up a little bit. There is no need for that anymore. I mean, there's a heat acclimatization. Yes, but the guys already know everything we expect. They know how practice is organized. They know um, our expectation of practice. And um, I, I think it's at least two weeks. Wow. Good stuff. Well, listen, I know that you are uh in the process of hopefully getting back to the area so that you can get uh, prepared. Uh, you know, can, even though we didn't get invited to the wedding, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that you know, you're with another coach yourself that is busy in the fall with uh, uh, with field hockey. But, uh, you know, congratulations, and you got yourself a great one there, and, and I know that you're going to make the most of it. Yeah, thank you. We, we're already uh, prepping ourselves to only see each other about two hours a day. So. Right. <laughs> and that'll be when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> so. Well, that's when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep. That's, yeah. that's it. That's about <laughs> it. Well, safe travels back, Coach, and we will uh, we'll be in touch, of course, uh, when we get closer to the season. We know Ken Island's got a couple of uh, – uh, scrimmages set up for the preseason, and uh, I think Mike's going to try and get out to uh, 
to those. I won't need to because I'll get tape, you know, so. <laughs> that ain't, that's not right, Mark. That's not right. <laughs> well, listen, Coach, best of luck. And, uh, again, congratulations and safe travels back. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. There you go. Right. So, thanks. Just like uh, Coach Brian Sovanaski joining us uh, uh, in Denver um, and uh, making his way back here uh, as well. Uh, we're going to stay with the football theme, and we're going to talk to Coach Matt Griffith from Easton High School next. Hey, Delmarva, get ready for summertime savings during the 4th of July sales event going on at the Preston Autoplex. This month, you can save over six grand on the 2023 Ford F-150, 10% off on the 2023 Nissan Titan, or over 4,000 in total savings on the Hyundai Santa Cruz. With over 2,000 vehicles in inventory, we have the car or truck built for you. Choose from a selection of Fords, Lincolns, Mazda, Nissan, Hyundais, and Genesis. Our extensive selection of vehicles is one of the largest on the East Coast with something to suit every taste and budget. An amazing selection of pre-owned vehicles too. Plus, if you're looking to trade, we'll pay top dollar for your vehicle. So now is your time to trade up and take advantage of low interest rate financing. Plus, with every new vehicle you purchase, you get Preston for life. That's a lifetime engine guarantee as our investment in you. We have over 2,000 vehicles to shop from for every budget on PrestonMotor.com. Browse our vast inventory online, select your dream car, and we'll handle the rest, including delivering straight to your doorstep. Open Monday through Friday from 8.30 until 8 and Saturdays from 8.30 until 6. And remember, cars cost less in Preston. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group and uh, Mike Bradley with me alongside. And uh, this next segment sponsored by our friends at Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GF Certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. So, Mike, we've got uh, Coach Matt Griffith with us from Easton High School. We just finished talking with uh, Coach Sofanowski. And, uh, you know, Coach Sof, when they did their camp, they did a little different one week and then scattered the rest of the days around uh, throughout uh, several weeks. But uh, Easton High School, uh, they did two weeks of straight camp and on the hottest days of the darn year as well. Hey, Coach. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. You know, it's kind of funny talking to these guys this morning, Mike. You know, they they sound like they're just waking up, but I know neither one of them are. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I know those guys are early risers, but uh, hey, if they were sleeping in, that's okay because soon uh, their life for the next what uh, you know, at least three at least three months uh, are going to be very very busy early to start and uh, late to end the day with the football season coming up here and practice kicks off as you mentioned on the ninth. Yeah, it does. So, so coach, uh, yeah, I mean, are you okay? You're a little under the weather? Or? Oh, no, just running around this morning. It's been, uh, you know, typical Monday morning at work. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, because Griffith has a real job, too, besides just coaching. So, <laughs> you mean what? The coaching uh, stipend doesn't pay the bills? <laughs> not no, yet. Probably not going to get it done. Yeah, not, not yet. <laughs> so, although I hear Talbot County got a raise, so we'll see. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> Right, yeah, we'll be up to eleven cents an hour. Uh, so, <laughs> so coach, you decided to uh, schedule camp that started on the seventeenth and went two straight weeks. We were talking with Coach Sofanowski, and he did one week and then scattered it around. One, what was your reasoning for doing it that way? And two, what do you feel like the team got out of that? And so for me, I mean, you know, we want the kids to be able to still get on their vacations and stuff throughout the summer. And 
I felt that if I, I kind of spread it out uh, throughout the summer over several weeks, that there's a good chance we'd be missing, you know, key players and different things, um, you know, at certain certain practices. And you only get 12. So we, we opted to do the two straight weeks, gave everybody plenty of notice. Uh, I think it worked to our advantage. Um, I think, you know, we were somewhere around 65 kids pretty much every day. And we'll probably only have about 75 in the in the total program, I would guess, uh, for the upcoming year. So it also allowed us to do a, uh, you know, with our offense and defense to be able to put things in progression. Um, and you didn't have to worry about them forgetting about it, you know, from two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And um, I think that was key for us. And, you know, we actually got more in than we anticipated, uh, which was good. So we were able to actually didn't even do the full two weeks, gave them off that Saturday and just did equipment handout instead. And um, I think all in all, uh, we're farther along than any other team I've ever coached prior to, you know, the start of the season because of the new rule change, I I think makes a lot of sense. And it uh, allows teams to be on a somewhat of an even playing field because let's be honest, there's folks who are kind of doing something similar to this somewhere along the way throughout, but um, you know, we, we follow the rules and, this was a, a huge advantage for us, and uh, I think we got to see a lot of young kids. You know, for you, Mark, too. I mean, I think we're going to have uh, 25-ish freshmen coming in. Um, this year's team for varsity is probably going to be one of the youngest teams I've ever had on varsity. I think we're, we're slated for like maybe 12 or 13 sophomores and one at least one freshman, and then uh, you know a bunch of juniors. I think we're only going to have about 10 seniors on the team. So it was a great opportunity for the younger guys to get out there and the inexperienced guys to start learning our, our terminology and uh, the verbiage of what we do and how we do it. Coach, I'm curious. We just talked to Coach Jofanowski. He said that uh, uh, with the new practices uh, or with these camps that are allowed during the summertime prior to the official start that he feels like they're about two weeks ahead of time. Let me ask you a question, though, in a, in a different sense. Is that, okay, now that you've got the terminology, the offense, the defense, and it kind of explaining, okay, here's what we're looking to accomplish. You know, here, here's the goals here of, of what this play is supposed to do against this defense and that defense, et cetera. So what does this now specifically in practice enable you to get started on that you may have had to wait a couple of weeks or, or at least a couple of practices and being able to do is it is it now you're focused on situational football or is now you're just able to get in more reps to practice what the guys have been taught conceptually now it's just a matter of repping those so you get them down what what uh, what does this enable you to do as you see it yeah i think it's a combination of things so you know typically if you don't have these practices when you start on the first day you're allowed that hour walk through and then you can go to your two-hour practice well you we pretty much all of our walkthroughs are done because uh, everything we were able to do in practice is what we built up for the first two weeks of camp. So now that our walkthrough is going to be more strategic, um, more talking about X's and O's, more talking about adjustments, you know, if they're in the even front or an odd front, uh, mm-hmm. which we wouldn't have been able to do that uh, without these practices. Um, we put in basically the, 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 the test pilot, if you will. This is what we should see, something similar to this, and every team does things differently. But here, here's what we should see when we line up in this. And now we go, well, now on the first day, hey, here's what we – remember we talked about what we see, would see, and now here's our adjustment if they do X, Y, or Z. So your adjustments now are coming in a little quicker, and I would agree we're probably two to three weeks ahead of schedule um, with, with the reps. And, and I think for the younger guys, probably more than anything, um, you know, they, they have to go slower than the older guys, just pure experience and being in the system. Um, you know, Mark's going to be in a much better place with the younger guys starting off and still teaching a lot, but uh, less of the fundamentals and the whys and, and more of the how. 
Yeah, I, I and I agree totally um, with that last comment because I, I think you and I both, when when we walked away, for those that don't know, I'm the JV coach at, at Easton High School with Matt Griffith being the, the varsity and, and he runs the whole program. You and I talked, and when we walked out of there and you canceled Friday, and it, mainly because of the heat, but also because you felt like that the kids were in a good place and we've put so much on them that they've been able to absorb that any more might confuse them a little bit because you can't tackle, you can't have equipment on and all that during these camps, but it's still an opportunity where they – they gained so much knowledge, but also on top of that, like Sofanowski, you know, said a little bit ago, that these kids learn what is expected of them at practice. And we all know JV is different from varsity, but at the same time, there's still a level of accountability that is acceptable, and they've learned that already. And they can help hit, you know, help any new kids coming in to hold those kids accountable as well so you're not having to, you know, crawl, go back to crawling before you're walking. Now you're spot on with that. And, it's you know, when you think about towards the end, we were going to be limited to an hour practice due to the heat restrictions. And it just, I agree, I felt the kids were in a good place. I didn't want them to become stagnant. They had a lot of fun during camp. It was, there was a lot of kids competing with each other, which was good. So we wanted to end on that high note and, and kind of roll off and get ready for August the 9th. And Coach, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Uh, Coach, I'm curious, too, from the mental aspect of things. I mean, we've certainly seen football as a whole at the high school level evolve uh, with these seven-on-sevens. The passing game is is much more in vogue and being used than than ever before. Uh, But then also you get to the the X's and O's and the adjustments and the mental aspect of things. And I've got to think this is just another layer where you're going to see the high school kids here, the high school teams in the Bayside – uh, you're going to see more of uh, a little bit of, of you know, the, the college mental aspect of, of, you know, how, I guess, in detail, how in-depth you get into, which is only going to help them for the next level for those that are going to be able to play. That, again, you're seeing that with these kind of opportunities that the game, even at the high school level now, it's not just being uh, physical and having a better athlete, but it's also having guys that mentally are stronger and better. And probably in terms of, uh, you know, thinking about and getting into the details, you probably probably could speak to this that you're more along today than when you were when you coached Easton the first time around. Oh, absolutely. And I think you nailed it. The the mental and uh, aspect is, is probably even bigger for the jump for them uh, when they go to college. The physical part, you know, we, we can be in the weight room as much as we can and do all those things. But until you get to college and you're doing a college program and you're being held accountable to those types of lifts and, and how frequent – that's going to come naturally. The mental part, if we can have them ready, um, you know, I've had kids, many kids tell me, you know, Ryan O'Connor, being one of them, coach, I was, I was in a much better place because of the system we ran and how you did things for when I got there, uh, you know, yeah. in Delaware. Same thing from, you know, Zach and Drew and, you know, Kevin, all, all the way down. It's just, it's that the knowledge of, of what's expected at what level, and it's always increased when you get there. But if they're mentally prepared, it makes the transition a heck of a lot easier. Talking with Matt Griffith, head coach of Easton High School, and uh, the preseason plan planning is uh, going on now, getting ready for the first practices of August 9th. And, and I guess it, it levels the playing field, like you said, because everybody starts August 9th, and the state allowed this year for the first time uh, a two-week camp that you could you know use while school was out. 
And it was an opportunity, like you said, for these kids to learn and develop. Now that you are where you at, where you're at with this team, heading into the season, knowing what you saw in seven on seven, what do you, do you have any expectations of where you'd like to be when we get to the first scrimmage? Because when you and I talked after the last seven on seven, it was like, yeah, we're going to be like, you know, don't you dare put us at number one. And I said, well, after what I saw, I think you'll be at 17 for the uh, Mike's power pole, but uh, yeah, <laughs> might even closer to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you had some sleepless nights there at the very beginning. Well, you know, I think you come off the year we had. Um, we had a really good year. It ended abruptly. Um, you know, when it technically shouldn't have, but you know that's why you play the game. Um, so you, you have all off season to you know be chewing on that uh, you know forty one fourteen scoreboard picture that I got, and. Um, it, it's one of them things that makes you hungry and you come out and you're excited, ready to get going. And, you know, probably shame on me for having higher expectations to start off in the summer with, you know, where we left off versus, you know, where we're starting, you know, it's a totally different team, um, totally different, you know, atmosphere. The uh, senior leadership I had last year was, was through, you know, through the roof. It was excellent. Um, and this year it's going to be a little different. going to be super young and, you know, my the quarterback, um, he, he sat out all last year, you know, so he's, basically really only a sophomore even though he's a junior because he couldn't play last year due to some injury and um you know so we've seen a progression now and i can tell you i don't feel nowhere near as, as bad as i did the first seven on seven practice to where we are now i feel really good um and i'm excited to you know see what these young guys can do we're we're gonna be really athletic um we're gonna be pretty fast and <clears throat> we're not gonna pass the eye test for many people uh in reference to size but uh you know i think we're gonna have a, a group of kids that like to get after it but at the same time, you go in, you know, granted, you saw, you know, Mikey O'Connor is the quarterback he was talking about that was going to be my quarterback last year and was injured, had to sit out. To, but one of the things different for you this year, I think, is you've been working more than one quarterback uh, behind center this preseason with, you know, Mikey O'Connor and Dustin Blue has looked good. And you got another one, Kyrie Akery. It is also a serviceable, you know, after going what you went through last year and and knowing that, you know, Kevin got a little, you know, dinged up and injured that, you know, having having two or three that could do a good job for you. Did that go into planning this year? Oh, absolutely. It's like a baseball team. The more pitchers you have, the better off you'll be. So if we have, uh, you know, enough kids that can get back there and, you know, get up or in gun, whatever, and we have the confidence in, uh, it's going to put us in a better place and, We've already started tinkering with a few packages for for each one of them a little differently. And like I said, we'll, we'll be a, a different-looking team, I think, um, in how we do things and, and, and what we're trying to get out of it. So it will be um, – you know, it's exciting. Like I said, you know, all three of those guys you named a quarterback, all really good athletes, all can play, all can, all can throw a little bit. Uh, a couple of them can really uh, boogie and, and make you miss too. So it's, um, it's going to be exciting. One will run you over. <laughs> hey, Coach, I'm curious because I had this conversation poolside yesterday with some family members, and we were talking about the Netflix uh, uh, documentary on quarterbacks. And, of course, with the quarterback position, you need to know what all the other positions are doing. But I'm curious with this additional practicing and then once you get into it, because I remember when I played, yeah, I, I had to know uh, the running backs and the wide receivers, and I had a decent idea, although probably could have been better about you know my offensive line. But in terms of the other positions outside of quarterback, 
does this now allow guys to be able to not under not just understand, of course, what they have to do, but know what everybody else is doing, uh, whether we're talking offense or defense? Are, are, are you getting to that point now uh, because of these additional practices, or were you already there? How do you kind of teach it up? Because obviously you want the guys, first and foremost, to be as good as they can at what they do, but the more that they know about what the other guys are supposed to do, obviously it all makes sense as to you know attacking the defense on you know this particular play, for instance. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think one of the things that we're ahead of schedule on is, um, you know, we talk about peer groups, you know, position groups when, when, when they're doing it. So whether it's tight end, running back, they're, they're helping each other out more now because of these practices than they have uh, in years past because, you know, they're, they, they've learned it. Especially returners, they're able to help, um, you know, and do different things. And we're seeing kids be able to answer questions that, you know, sometimes a little frustrating because they're answering questions they shouldn't be. But, you know, when you're talking to somebody else, they're like, hey, you're supposed to do this, you know, which is good to know. Um, you know, reference to our quarterbacks, you know, I think, uh, you know, two of them have a pretty good handle on what everybody's supposed to be doing. One of them still, you know, a little behind the eight ball, learning a little bit more. Um, but all in all, I think, uh, you know, the position group wise, we got a, a very young offensive line, but there's a young man up there that's calling out, you know, past pros and identifying the mic and doing different things that, you know, we typically wouldn't get to until late in week one or beginning of week two of the season. So it's really good. And also the fact that, like, Mikey O'Connor has had uh, two brothers play quarterback in front of him, Mike. I mean, he is – my first year with this offense was last year, and Mikey knew it better than I did. I should have just let him call the plays um, <laughs> because he's that good. He he knows he knows the plays. And, yep. and he had two brothers that – I mean, the play Griffith's playbook hasn't changed. You know, he just adds more stuff to it. And it's one of those things that I think Mikey comes in with a knowledge off of what you were asking that I think it's going to benefit not only Mikey, but but the whole team, uh, in fact. But they are going to be young. So, you know, we talked when we had Brian Femi in here, and Femi himself said, you know, that his baseball teams are young, but you always know that they're going to compete uh, as the season goes on, they're going to get better. And I think that's what you're going to see out of this Easton squad because you heard Griffith say you're going to have 12, 13, 14 sophomores. These are, he only had two freshmen on his team from last year. And so he's he's got 12 of my kids from last year that have moved up and they're going to play significantly if they move up as a sophomore. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, it, it says a lot for what he's got going on with the program. Hey, Coach, I got to think, too, uh, with uh, all the youth that you have, by the time that these guys are, are seniors, that with these uh, additional uh, or with these OTAs now, that, heck, uh, you can have, uh, you know, within the practice, senior-led uh, practices, essentially, where they're the ones <laughs> instructing the, the sophomores and juniors and freshmen about what to do, and you're there, you know, if, if you need to add to it or whatever. But uh, at that point, they're going to be so entrenched in the offense and, and defense that they're going to be able to lead that maybe themselves, potentially. That's a coach's dream, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, we got to see a little bit of it this year, and, uh, you know, Drew, uh, Coach Drew, he does a great job getting the kids lined up every day, getting them stretched and teaches them, you know, how we do things. It's a little different. You know, everybody has their own routine. It's our routine. And, uh, you know, it's funny, towards the last day, I asked him, I said, you think they could do it on their own right now? So he just went out and blew the whistle. They yelled everything, did everything. It was perfect. It was great. And that's, you know, you're talking 70 kids, 70 kids out there. It was nice to see. But, no, I think you're right. I think you'll start seeing more of that. And, um, 
you know, to Mark's point, I think we're going to be one of them teams this year that, you know, we're going to have some bumps in the roads, uh, especially early on. And as the season goes, I think you'll see us, uh, if we can stay healthy, uh, continue to progress and uh, be in a better place. Well, we'll be kicking off our 15th year with Overtime Line presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Kona Ice for all seasons. And, of course, uh, our friends at uh, Best Western plus Easton Inn & Suites on the 1st of September. It'll be a doubleheader that night, so uh, my, my JV team is going to be playing at Northeast, and then that'll start at 3.30. Then immediately after, I'll go up and uh, we'll broadcast the Easton at Northeast contest on Friday night. Then we'll head back to Easton on the 8th, and we'll have Y High at Easton. And then on the 15th, I think we'll follow Y High over to Queen Anne's. But that's the plan as of right now for the first three weeks of this season. The other option is we can always do Easton at North Carolina, as I'm sure Coach Griffith probably has that date circled on his calendar. Uh, just just northeast right now, but there's, uh, like I told you, I have a picture of 4114 hangs in my office for a reason. Yeah. So. Who sent that picture to you? I took it myself. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike, you should, uh, you should try to come out on the 18th. We're going to have some, uh, some really good teams up there in our scrimmage. We've got JV and Varsity both going, but we've got Cape and Lopin uh, coming down. We've got Crossland out of PG and Patapsco out of Baltimore coming. Uh, yeah, my, my plan, Coach, is to get to as much as I possibly can. So uh, if I could do it, uh, rest assured, I'll, I'll be there doing that. Uh, I tell you, it was very helpful with being able to get out to various camps over the last couple of years at different times. And obviously with a family now, uh, i got to adjust the schedule a little bit. But uh, I, I tell you, getting out seeing those teams ahead of time uh, is a great help to me, and I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely try and make it. And, of course, Cone Ice is going to be out there on the uh, 18th as well. Uh, serving up those delicious treats. So, uh, yeah. Well, listen, Coach, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and joining us this morning, and uh, especially at the last minute. But I know you're looking forward to the season. No, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to an exciting uh, year this year. That's right. Oh, by the way, Mike, you know, you yep. know, he talked about and you mentioned about how young the team is. So Griffith told me I wasn't allowed to to, to retire from coaching football until he did. So that means there's at least two more years after this year that he suckered me in. So that wasn't a part of the original plan, but here I am. So you got a long-term contract there. Very good. Evidently. So. You got extension, buddy. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. All right. See you guys. We'll continue this conversation here with Tom Apple's Shore Sports coming up right here with, uh, uh, well, let's see who's next. Are you or is someone you love in need of mental health support? For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is now offering same-day therapy appointments. Through the For All Seasons Open Access Program, you can walk in for mental health services and begin therapy right away. For All Seasons accepts all private and public insurance carriers and serves everyone regardless of ability to pay. If you need therapy, psychiatry, or victim support, help is available. Call For All Seasons today, 410-822-1018. That's 410-822-1018. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This next segment sponsored by our friends at For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. So, Mike Bradley, Mark Potter, and we're continuing our conversation 
regarding high school football and uh, Mike, I mean, I'm I'm excited uh, about this year, and, and yeah, it has a lot to do because I I did spend two weeks with uh, with my younger guys, and just seeing what they were able to absorb, I, I can only imagine the teams that didn't do an off season camp how far behind they're going to be. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that, Mark. You're absolutely right. Now, you know, what reasons they may have some really good reasons for that. I'm sure that the programs would like to have been able to do it or maximize it. Maybe they were only able to get so many days in. We do have a lot of new coaches, and, and some of those coaches came about late. So in, time, in terms of trying to schedule all that and get it together when you're trying to put a staff together and all that, uh, it, it, it depends. So we would just have to see when we talk in the preview show, we'll find out exactly you know how many teams were able to maximize it, how many teams were able to get some something in and, and were there any teams that maybe didn't have anything at all uh, potentially so we'll find out but I, I, I'll say this you certainly would expect that and look with the younger teams there's still going to be a learning curve when you start the season with the bullets fly you know they, there's one thing uh, you, you know practice is one thing you know the, the game under the lights is completely different and the speed changes and the atmosphere is completely different but you would expect to see Marcus certainly by the middle part of the season I would think a better quality of play and maybe you'll see that right out of Jump Street in week one with some of the teams that are more senior-laden, junior and senior-laden. Uh, but i got to think the quality of play will be better. You know, as we talked about, uh, more mental acumen with the game now than maybe ever before for a, a number of different reasons, including these OTAs. Uh, so uh, that aspect uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing going forward because I love the X's and O's parts of it, not just seeing the great the great plays, but seeing the adjustments and seeing the uh, the, the cool different tricks that the teams have or what, what have you in their offensive and defensive playbook there so um, absolutely right and again we're seeing a better quality overall from the base side we saw with Ken Island and Stephen Decatur uh, getting as far as they did in the playoffs uh, we're seeing I think a conference that is on the rise and every year uh, you're looking for better and better play and for more and more consistency and I think this year uh, is no reason to expect that it won't be another uh, very competitive conference. And with so many different coaches, I think that's probably the, the, the top headline going into the season is to see how these new coaches and programs fare. Uh, and then for those that have been to the top or near the top last year, can they repeat? Yeah, absolutely. And I, as a matter of fact, I'll let you work on this while you're in Ocean City next week for the White Marlin Open. Is uh, We need to go ahead and get... Uh, Jake Coleman on the schedule for two weeks from today uh, because they, they, they're they doing some pretty cool stuff down there as well with their YouTube channel and stuff like that, and I want to talk to him about that. So uh, I'll let you work on getting him scheduled okay. um, you know, for us uh, coming up uh, in, uh, in two weeks, in fact, uh, because, uh, well, we'll be off next week and uh, celebrating the White Marlin Open. We'll get to that. In fact, this next segment sponsored by our friends at Unoptical Galleria. Yeah, they've got this sunglass known known as Hook Optics. Yeah, the Hook sunglasses, they are amazing. Mike will probably have his pair when he goes down to I, the White I will. Marlin I'm Open. picking mine up later this week, Mark. Yeah. Yep, I'll be ready to go. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So they've got a variety of colored polarized lenses. They can put your prescriptions in those sunglasses as well. Stop by an optical gallery in the Tealmarsh Plaza in West Ocean City on West Water Street in downtown Centerville. And, of course, in downtown Easton on Harrison Street to try on a new pair of Hook sunglasses. They're also a proud sponsor of that White Marlin Open. You can just go to the White Marlin Open. They're going to be set up over at the scales and also at the uh, the White Marlin 
uh, what do they call it? A festival? The white, the Marlin Fest, I think? Oh, Marlin Fest down yeah. at the Inlet. Yep. Yeah, so yep. they'll be set up there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can check them out online, hookoptics.com or online at eisenart.net. All right, so before we move on to uh, something else, I want to mention our friends at Joseph W. McCartan Insurance back again this year as our touchdown sponsor. Once again, if you recall last year, uh, we had almost 100 touchdowns scored over the course of the year, and they donated. They committed to donating uh, $50 uh, for every touchdown scored. And uh, they just ended up rounding up and donated $5,000 to the Midshore Community Foundation with all of that money being used to help alleviate childhood hunger across the Midshore. Well, in talking with Mike McCartan uh, last week, uh, he let me know that, yeah, they were definitely back on board. But this year they've upped it to $75 a touchdown. Wow. So that means that uh, for every touchdown scored during our Overtime Live broadcasts, uh, they will donate $75 for each touchdown once again to the Community Midshore Foundation with that money being used to help alleviate childhood hunger on the shore. Just how cool is that? I'm so glad that we can be a part of something like that and, uh, you know, with our broadcasts. Look, uh, without the advertisers and their support, not only of Overtime Live, but also out into the community as well with this, uh, you know, we wouldn't near be what we are today. We wouldn't be here, period. But uh, to see them do that is much appreciated and up the ante. So, uh, okay, offensive coordinators, the onus is on you now to score more touchdowns, right? <laughs> yeah, the way I see, we're going to have at least 100 touchdowns, hopefully. So, uh, you know, which will be pretty cool. So we'll see how Well, now with out. all the changes, we should. Uh, yeah. With the extra practices, Mark, uh, offenses should be more depth of being able to do yeah. that. So. And uh, and I told Mike, I said, you know, that means you, you could have more than 100 touchdowns. He says, I don't care. We're helping the community, giving back to a community that we serve. So and the right attitude. I love it. So, but uh, so exciting for that. This next segment sponsored by Perret and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. Step away from the pain by calling Perret and Moy Therapy Associates at 410 2982. NFL training camps underway. And, uh, of course, the Ravens, but also the Commanders, also known as my Redskins. Um, it, so much excitement built up around the Commanders and slash Redskins with the announcement of Josh Harris uh, as the new team owner, him and his group. Uh, just fans have been flocking to buy season tickets and flocking to the practices, the training camps, which for the Skins, that's been a little unusual as of late. Yeah, it's obviously a new day, and there's uh, a lot of uh, excitement uh, around a new ownership group that uh, will hopefully be, for those fans, complete 180 of what they've had over the last 20-plus years. And it's good to see. I mean, I, even though I'm a Ravens fan, and we, we always grew up in Baltimore very much disliking the Redskins. And, you know, We have this conversation with uh, with my family, many of whom are uh, on, uh, on Brookside Redskins fans, that uh, you know, certainly hoping for that, uh, that that organization gets back to uh, the kind of organization that uh, – they've been known for for years which is winning and super bowls and you know that that organization the nation's capital 
uh, you know, been way too long to see uh, them go through what they have. And uh, certainly the expectation is for them to uh, get back on the winning track. And it sounds like, Mark, that you're already predicting that they're going to go back to the name Redskins. I'm not I'm not no. so sure of that. But I know that they're at least maybe um, investigating that. I say investigating that, putting out feelers on that to see if they were to do that. Would they get as much backlash? Uh, I, I think the fans would be in full favor of it. And I think that uh, any issues that people may have, I think, that uh, ultimately uh, apparel sales and the support for the name to be brought back, I think would well outweigh anybody that uh, dislikes the name. But the bottom line is it's got to be about the organization running smoothly, effectively, um, not having all the shenanigans that you hear about in the front office, and then ultimately the play on the field, which you know, going into this year, I mean, they, I think they've got a you know, better than average team, but we'll see how far that takes us. I, I would love to see the Redskins name brought back. I, I just, yeah. I'm not sure that uh, the liberals heads would be able to handle that but uh uh you know i think there there are some native americans out there that want to see the name i know the fans and that's true there are there are it's kind of a mixed bag uh, in terms of from that community and we'll see but I'm, i'm hearing that there are some soft feelers out to see what kind of reaction there would be if they if they did that again, so well, we'll see. they'll always be the Redskins to me. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I think with know. a lot of fans, they will be. Yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. But yeah. you know, I, I'm not. I don't like the Commanders' name, but I'm going to support them because you know I, I grew up with them and I love them. And you know, I think uh, you know it, it'll be fun to watch this team again and hopefully be competitive. Now that I've got season tickets, it's going to be, you know, if they start sucking, well, I'll just sell my tickets. So we'll see how that goes. If they don't suck, you know, with the price is right, I might sell. You know, maybe it'll come down to where they, they're playing the Cowgirls for the chance to get into the playoffs at the end of the year. I, I might be able to get record amount for my uh, tickets at that point. So yeah, yeah, very very well could be, and then uh, you know up up the road there's a lot of excitement with a new offensive coordinator, some changes in the offensive staff, uh, new offense, and, and Lamar Jackson's got his deal, so all eyes will be watching that uh, and to see how he adjusts. And you know they've uh, really changed the philosophy there quite a bit. I, I mean I still think you're going to see a fair amount of uh, of, of run game, uh, but maybe not as much power gap, maybe more zone. But I think the bigger issue is the the just the hurry up type offense, the spread and throwing the football and getting guys in space and letting them do their thing. You're going to see a lot better um, passing coordination under Todd Munkin uh, as the new OC. And so that's an aspect they'll be watching. And then you know, defensively, you've got your coordinator back uh, for a second year uh, in Mike McDonald, and uh, the you know, players are adjusted to him since he came back to the team after that one-year stint at Michigan being their D.C. and getting D.C. experience. And you know, by and large, uh, if they're able to get a good pass rush from Ojabo and Owe, that's going to make the defense that much better. Last year they were third best in points allowed in the NFL. So uh, they're just going to look to build upon that. Had a pretty good draft, I think, with some of their draft picks there. And uh, high expectations for the Ravens. My question mark will be the health of the wide receiving core with OBJ and with Rashad Bateman. If those guys are not healthy, then the offense, I think, will struggle to an extent. But they do have a lot of weapons there. And uh, I'll leave it at this. Lamar Jackson is definitely set up for success in the passing game more than he's ever been before. So at this point now, um, we'll see. The sky's the limit. The pundits have always said that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's a running quarterback. He's not a passing quarterback. Well, this is going to be the telltale year uh, for him. And I think the offense is designed for him to shine, to do both, to run and pass. So he's yeah. going to need to be accurate, and we'll have to see how that plays out. And, you know, the question is, how much does he play 
in the preseason. You know, I mean, there's only three preseason games with the exception of what the uh, Jets in Cleveland, they get four because of the uh, Hall of Fame game that's coming up this weekend. But, right. you know, you have to wonder, you know, how my, how I, much. My guess, even though they probably they do need them to, to get out there and work on things a little bit, my guess is very little to none, uh, given the fact he's been injured the last couple of years, given the fact that Dobbins, for instance, you know, got the knee injury out for the year in that final preseason game against the Commanders. My guess is that you won't see much, if at all. Uh, that just seems to be the new trend in the NFL. Uh, which at some point it's like, well, why do you have these games at all? Uh, but you, you still have backups and guys that are trying to make that final roster spot. So I get that. Or, you know, it's an audition for another team that has an opening. Uh, but in terms of Lamar, I'll just say this. Don't forget, though, at Louisville under Bobby Petrino, uh, who was the head coach, he now he did run a lot at Louisville, too. Don't get me wrong, but he won a Heisman Trophy there. He also put up some big passing numbers as well at Louisville. So the idea that, you know, he never threw the ball before in this kind of offense, that's actually not true. Uh, but now at the NFL level, though, that'll be, and you're right, this year, absolutely, Mark, will be the telltale sign, assuming that his wide receiving core is healthy and productive. And again, OBJ's missed a year of football. Rashad Bateman has been injured a lot the last couple of years. Nelson Aguilar, free agent acquisition, uh, he languished in New England the last couple of years. Probably not his fault as much because of the awful offensive coaching staff they had there with Patricia and judge so he gets new life here um you, know, you do have some really good tight ends in the mix but uh, assuming those guys play pretty well and with the offensive coordination yeah it's going to be a big year for lamar and uh, expectations and uh, he needs to live eat breathe and sleep football uh first one in last guy out at the at the facility this final segment sponsored by queenstown bank your community bank on the eastern shore with nine branches across four counties they're conveniently located in or near your hometown Stop in at any of the branches, or you can give them a call, 410-827-8881. Queenstown Bank, your official hometown bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and, of course, online at queenstownbank.com. So uh, before I move into baseball real quick, I want to bring up, you'd mentioned when we were talking Griffith about Mm -hmm. the quarterbacks documentary on Netflix, and uh, Mm -hmm. I actually sat down this weekend and on Sunday night and I watched the first two episodes, and I am just in awe of. I mean, I liked Kirk Cousins when he was here in, in Washington, but man, that just that makes me love him even more. And I'm only through two episodes. Yeah, and and I've actually only seen the uh, the, the first one. I need to get into yeah some more of the uh, of the episodes. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you at that, and uh, just the amount of. Uh, <laughs> the amount of spotlight of pressure these guys have uh, under or over them is is immense. It, it really is one of the toughest uh, positions in all of sports to to play, if not the toughest. But it, uh, it really, yeah. Is. But you get to see a lot more of these guys doing the documentary outside of just on the field. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much of Marcus Mariota in there, but uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, they kind of rule the show uh, from what I've seen so far. But I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. All right, we got to. Uh, I want to finish up with this. Uh, you know, all of the uh, the Little League stuff is done and over with. The high school stuff is done and over with. College stuff with baseball. But, man, Orioles magic, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, Mark, uh, this team's certainly for real, and they've had. I think they're thirty-three and ten. Make that thirty-four and ten now after last night, and we're doing this podcast on Mondays to referencing the Sunday night win over the Yankees. They're thirty-four and ten when scoring first. That's the best in at least the American League, maybe all of baseball. They have somewhere between I think thirty-two to thirty-four comeback wins. This team is extremely resilient. Now, as we talk, they have not made any trades for starters. That doesn't mean they haven't tried to. Uh, L.A. the Dodgers and the Texas Rangers have been aggressive in, in picking up pitching. Um, the, the team certainly could use uh, another starter, especially with, uh, you know, Wells right now having issues and, uh, you know, just uh, guys that have exceeded their innings limit because of COVID uh, kind of set them back. But, you no, know, in general, this team is for real. They're extremely Brazilian. Uh, they can score a lot of runs. Uh, the question, as it comes down to every team, is pitching. Do they have enough starters? Do they have enough relievers? I think they could have some in-house answers, potentially guys that are hurt coming back. If Grayson Rodriguez pitches anywhere near uh, what he did on Saturday night uh, or Friday night, I think it was, then uh, you know the Orioles are, are going to be in good shape. That'll be like they made a trade uh, for a pitcher. But, Mark, it's been a long time coming, and it shows that last year was not an outlier, that this team is on the right path for hopefully many years to come. But it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline. But regardless, is it a playoff team? Yes. And, again, pitching will dictate how far in the playoffs they'll be able to go. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, I mean, because, you know, Scherzer had left from the Mets, was traded from the Mets to the Rangers. And, mm-hmm. you know, with the prospects that, uh, that, you know, some of the prospects the Orioles have, I kind of thought maybe that there was a possibility that they could get in on trades like that. But uh, it didn't happen. But uh, they've still got time. The trade deadline's quickly approaching. But uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But you would have to think – that if they want to make a serious run in the playoffs, they do need to get some more starting pitching. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, you don't know what the ask is. I think the Orioles are trying to walk a fine line as they don't want to necessarily have their entire minor leagues rated where they've lost you know, a number of their, their top, top guys. But at the same time, you don't know what next year brings or the year after. Even though the trajectory is good, you've you got to walk that fine line of, yeah, we want to give up. We, we won't be willing to give up some talent, but we're not willing to give up that much talent. And you wonder if some of these teams, because the O's have the number one minor league system, maybe their asks are so ridiculous that the O's just have been forced to say no, and that's why they haven't picked up guys. And look, Scherzer this year, I mean, I know his record is 9-4 of four, something like that, but he's not been the pitcher that they expected, especially with the money that he's being paid. And that weighs into it, I'm sure, too, to some extent as well. But uh, you're right. But these teams are getting aggressive and uh, you know picking up guys, and we'll see if the O's uh, do that. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, very exciting. And frankly, I haven't really gotten into the Ravens much because of the Orioles. So that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, get back to the family. Enjoy the rest of your uh, vacation. Of course, uh, next week with the White Marlin Open in Ocean City. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, you know, following that, it's always an exciting time, and I'll probably be down on the 12th, so maybe we'll hook up on that final day. No, oh, well, that's that. Well, that'll be the day after it wraps up. It's the 7th through the 11th, so that's a Saturday. But yeah, I'll be I'll be in town. That'll be my my final day of vacation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was looking at the calendar. I thought it wrapped up on on uh, on Saturday. No, no, it's five days. You fish three of five. Now, a couple of years ago, they did extend it because of the weather situation. Gotcha. So they did extend it. Uh, so unless weather plays a factor, it's uh, it's due to wrap up on that Friday. And again, you fish three of the five days. Yeah, gotcha. Well, all right. Well, I, I screwed up. So, all right. Well, good. 
then uh, I guess I won't make it down there for the 11th because I'll have practice. So Griffith, well, Griffith, will, <laughs> Griffith will give me the time off. And like, Coach, I'm going down to the White Marlin. He says, you're what? So you know how he is. So he's, you know. Such a stickler. So, but anyway. Well, I'll him. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, well, listen, enjoy the rest of your vacay, and uh, we'll be back with another edition of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Uh, we'll record one on the 14th. That's right. And then it'll be nonstop as the football season will be in the midst of fall sports at that point. For Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate you. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.